you. Good morning, Allison. The abundant green beneath this gray, overcast morning should be of infinite comfort to us here in down east Maine, where everywhere seedlings and saplings make lush the landscape, reminding us that life is indeed a growing thing. Yet how often do we in the past few days hear folks lamenting one of the principal components responsible for our verdant environment? Even weather forecasters become apologetic as they arrive at that point in their delivery where they are about to advance their meteorological view of the next 48 hours with riffs that run something like, and for tomorrow, sigh, more rain, perhaps half an inch. Sure, we on the ground are likely going to miss tomorrow's full moon for June, known variously as the strawberry moon, the flower moon, and the rose moon, although the events that the full moon has been named for are already occurring in our gardens. Similarly, no one in our neck of the woods while remaining on terra firma will manage to see Venus blazing high in the western sky with Jupiter an hour after sunset tonight. But as many a grass cutter knows, this rain is good for business. Last week, I decided I was going to get around to swapping out the snowplow for the lawnmower deck on the garden tractor and out of curiosity decided I would give a few of the local franchises a call to find out how much they would charge to do the work and how soon they might get to it. Prices ranged from $75 to $175, and nobody would be able to touch anything until week after next. I had suspected as much, since everyone and her mother by now would be wanting to mow their increasingly shaggy lawns and would have been putting off readying the equipment no doubt still needing additional time to recover from the burdensome winter. Just as well, I figured, because the task would only take me about a half hour anyway, which included sipping a cup of green tea. For a change, shimming up the mower deck, refitting the drive belts, rebolting the front guide rod, and slipping in the two bow tie pins was actually a piece of cake. The time I had saved not ferrying the tractor and deck to repair station and the money that remained in my pocket prompted me to imagine what my forthcoming trip early the following week to Campobello Island might be like. A fellow by the name of Walter Scold, spelled with a K, not a C, came to mind. From Freeport, Maine, Walter travels the country documenting the final resting places of selected poets. His transportation is a box van he's named Dedger the Pomobile, and on his dash sits an Edgar Allan Poe bobblehead. My trip to Campobello this morning will be to accompany my girlfriend, who will be reading at an event called Celebration of the Sea and Dedication of New Interpretive Panels, which will be held at the Roosevelt Campobello International Park, a symbol of cooperation between Canada and the United States. So the question becomes, who should I choose as a bobblehead on the dash of our vehicle? Should we go with Gerald Manley Hopkins, famous for his sprung rhythm, appropriate to the basic bobblehead structure? Or how about Charles Lamb, replete with a white wig of the era? Allen Ginsberg, Carl Sandburg, William Carlos Williams, T.S. Eliot, E.E. Cummings, appropriately with his O Thou, to whom the musical white spring offers her lily inextinguishable, taught by thy tremulous grace bravely to fling implacable death's mysteriously sable robe from 
redolent shoulders. Wait a minute. I forgot. It's green outside. For more on Omain, have a great day. Thank <music> you.